Welcome to On the Bench. I am Brendan Sinone. This is a Chris Neelis episode. Let's pour one out, fellas, for our fallen comrade. Coffee on the floor. Oh, no. It's a mess. Uh, Chris is covering golf today, which we will get to in a Byer Sinone segment later on. It's going to be a busy podcast. I got Josh Newberg, Zach Blossing. We're talking a lot of recruiting. Uh, we are going to get into some some trends. But first, first, uh, Josh, I want you to spin a yarn, uh, give our listeners a, a glimpse into what your college days were like as a super soccer fan uh, for the FSU <laughs> women, given that they're going to, yep, that's what we're starting the podcast with. And we have a lot to talk about. That's what I'm choosing. Your, your fandom of women's soccer. Yeah. I told you the other day that I was a fan of women's soccer. And then you and I had a private conversation. I was like, <laughs> I don't think you'd understand like what we did when I was in college at Florida state. And you said you had never been to a game, but you've driven by the stadium a lot. And you see the Hill that is, a, you know, right there, on the on the side and you could watch the game from the hill so when i was in college um we had a we had a group of friends uh shout out to joe petrowski kind of spearheaded the group and we were known as the grassy knolls <laughs> and at times we were known to go to the women's soccer games completely inebriated and wear grass skirts uh cheer them on like we we're we we're they were kind of like in our friend group. We hung out with a lot of the girls on the soccer team, went to football games with them, stuff like that. And there's just a lot of camaraderie. We like to go to the the women's soccer games. They were a lot of fun. I mean, they're, they're really good. Like we, even when I was there, I graduated in 05, Florida State used to beat the crap out of everybody. So it was fun to go to. So shout out to the Grassy Knolls. I, I feel like Zach, is Grassy Knolls too, is it too soon to be making Grassy Knolls pun? Like uh, you know, JFK, no? This was 15 years ago, Brendan. That seems like it was too soon then, definitely. I think it's still too soon. Uh, women's soccer is played for a national championship tonight. Number one seed Knowles are, not the grassy Knowles, just the Knowles, are playing number 11 seed Santa Clara at 5.30 p.m. on ESPN2. It is uh, Mark, Mark Krikarian is looking for national title number three. So good luck to them this evening. Um, like I said, we have some recruiting trends to get to, some scoop from a trip that Zach and I took up to Lee County, uh, the Dylan Gibbons commitments a week old at this point, but still we want to get to it. So we do have a lot on the docket today. But first, uh, let's get to the latest from FSU quarterback commit Nico Markiel. Uh, he was at the Elite 11 in Nashville, so regional tournament. Apparently looked pretty good. Zach, uh, you saw some of the clips on Twitter. He did some research on this. Uh, how did Nico look? Sounds like he did all right. Yeah, um, Greg Biggins from from our website put up a um, you know a little like top performers list, and and Nico made the top five, so that that's a good sign. There was a lot there was a lot of good talent out there. Like I think Alabama had their QB commit, and a, and a few other schools. So um, it, it looked like Nico was throwing the ball well, and and he was getting it out quick. And the clips that they put up on Twitter look look pretty good. So um, that's a good sign. Yeah, they said he had, uh, according to Greg Biggins, and, and the clips did look pretty impressive on the on the Twitter. And it's not like he was doing this pretty consistently, but just the uh, the rhythm as a thrower was really nice and lower body work. He just seemed strong. His feet were in rhythm. Um, just encouraging signs of growth for for him as a quarterback. But I guess the real scoop, uh, the the real reason why we're, we're talking about this is this comes from uh, the recruiting notebook that Greg Biggins wrote. I'm going to read this, and Josh, I'm going to get your thoughts on it. So. Uh, Greg wrote that Nico Markiel said his commitment to Florida State remains strong, but he does intend to take all five official visits. 
He has June dates locked in with Michigan State on June 4th and West Virginia June 11th and is looking at Arizona State, Arkansas, Ole Miss, and potential visits down the road as well. Uh, the Knowles could get an official visit. Instead, <laughs> once he's done with all of his visits, he'll make a final decision. Um, for context, we were of the belief that that Nico was going to take an official visit to FSU and then also be making different uh, visits to FSU to help host official visitors back when Zach and I talked to him. When was that, Zach? Right before the spring game, right? Yeah. So, Josh, with, with all the context of what we knew before, uh, what – is now happening uh, with, with potential official visits. Um, I, I was Josh of the opinion that, or of the, of the mindset that FSU wouldn't allow quarterback commits to take OV. So what, what do we make of all this? Well, I think we're seeing a, um, a little game of chicken unfold b- before our eyes here. Nico Markiel has a game of duck, duck goose. Do you mean, I think you're picking a bird. <laughs> It could be. Don't, but let's not get sidetracked from what's happening. Party foul. Um, I think what's what's happening here. Florida State wants to sign Nico Markio. They want to sign two quarterbacks, as we've said. They're 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 good with um, AJ Duffy and Nico. However, if Nico wants to take other visits, I believe he'll be out of this class sooner than later. Um, I don't think FSU is going to do anything preemptively. I think they're going to let Nico kind of make the. the decision here on whether or not he wants to be in the class. And that'll be, if he, I, I think if he does take an official visit elsewhere, I don't, I don't think he'll be committed to FSU very long. I think that'll kind of signal signal the end of his commitment to FSU because I don't think FSU staff, like you said, is going to be having these camps on campus, big visitor list, all that kind of stuff. Meanwhile, one of their quarterback commitments is just out here taking official visits to all these schools, tweeting about all these schools, talking up all these schools, and then he's going to come back and and make a final decision. (laughs) It's not going to work like that, unfortunately, for Nico. Uh, I don't believe that's going to happen. So We'll see what happens. I like I said, I don't think FSU is going to pull the rug out from under him and 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 force his hand. I think this is a situation where you know we've done interviews with Nico Marchio where he's commented on the fact that Florida State's taking two quarterbacks. So this isn't like some something that was put on him or surprised him. This is something that Nico kind of knew all along. And at the time, he wasn't planning on taking any visits. Like you said, he was going to be on campus helping FSU recruit, um, making multiple trips to Tallahassee, that sort of thing. Well, after A.J. Duffy committed, you start to hear the tone change. Um, he scheduled the first two visits. Now he's talking about taking all five. Now he's using the word to final decision. I'm, I'm not making any predictions here, but this thing is trending away from Nico and FSU being, being uh, partners here. I think before too long, his recruitment's going to reopen and Florida state will move on. So you're saying that June might be a pivotal month in Nico Markio's. I think every month is pivotal <laughs> and the, and the next month is more pivotal than the last. You, you know, it is an interesting dynamic that I guess I'd never really considered before is uh, and usually I guess you don't see quarterback commits taking official visits. They, they break it off before then um, or, or around the time of uh, doing that. But like the, the quarterbacks are getting important information from the coaches, like a list of targets to talk to and what the board kind of looking like. And Hey, you should spend some time on, on recruiting this guy for us. So that's, that's important information that is shared with important members of the recruiting class. So if someone's going and taking multiple official visits and, and especially to schools like Ole Miss or Arkansas or Arizona State where FSU is 
often uh, recruiting in, in similar footprints. Um, can't really have that, right? No, it doesn't seem like that's an ideal relationship. I, look, I'm not here to make any projections, predictions or whatever, but I'm just here to watch what's happening. And it sure looks like this relationship is coming to an end. Ooh, okay. Um, would you? Uh, no, I, I mean, it, I, I agree with you that it seems like it's trending. If I had to put money on it right now, I would I would probably say I. it doesn't seem like it's going in a direction to where I, the, the momentum seems to be going away from Nico going to FSU if he's taking official visits elsewhere. Um, and that's just typically how that works. So yeah, I, I'm with you. It doesn't look, it doesn't look great uh, in regards to that, that dynamic. Do you want to do a quarterback board if he leaves? Or I think that may be premature, Josh, because I don't even know if they... Yeah, we've talked about it on the podcast before. I just want to get on here and talk about it again. If Nico Marchio were to decommit today, let's just say hypothetically he decommitted today, I don't think FSU coaches are scrambling to put together the QB board. As a matter of fact, I don't think that they intend on using that scholarship in the summer. I'm not sure if they'll use it in the fall. Maybe they'll see if there's attrition and and use it um, in the portal. But right now, I don't think that there's a QB that they're, they think that they got a sign outside of Nico and AJ, um, meaning so everybody that's questioning, will FSU get back in on MJ Morris? No, I don't think so. I think that one's done for now. Um, Taven Jackson, everybody's been asking about him. Well, a couple of people have been asking about him. And he has an official visit set for FSU for the end of June. I am told that visit is off since FSU has two QB commitments, um, Taven and FSU still communicate, but the official visit in June is off. I don't, you know, I don't really anticipate him becoming a target for FSU. Like I said, I think they want to see what comes on campus this summer. I think they want to see what emerges in the fall, you know, with the pan- coming out of the pandemic, coming out of these weird seasons there might be a quarterback or two that, that pops up that FSU loves and, and they might have a scholarship available for him if that does happen. So I just want to get across the message that there's no pressing need if Nico opens it up to for FSU to go out and sign a second quarterback right away. All right, we're transitioning here from one recruiting uh, tidbit to another. Dylan Gibbons, the Notre Dame transfer announced on Monday, not way too long after we recorded last week that he was indeed transferring to Florida State. So it's off, it's a line commitment. Someone who we view as probably a guard. I don't wanna spend a ton of time on this because we, we basically talked about it in the terms of if he came uh, on the last podcast, what his role would be in the significance of, uh, I can say it now because the, the bet is, is done, elevating the floor of the offensive line room. Someone who potentially starts has two years. Uh, I just wanna kind of go into any additional intel we have uh, and just quick thoughts on that take. Zach, real quick, a premature buyer Sinone. Uh, do you buy or Sinone this take for FSU? I'm buying it because I think he's a legitimate, um, you know, get, like a possible contributor this year. And he's obviously a one-year guy. But I think that, um, you know, obviously Notre Dame's offensive line is in a much better position than Florida State's. And the fact that he's not a starter doesn't really worry me because, I, I'm, you know, FSU's been pretty picky about who, they, who they're, you know, talking to and recruiting in the portal. And for them to go out and and really go after this guy makes makes it seem like he, he can you know actually contribute here. So um, yeah, that that's my take on it. Like with him be, not being a starter at Notre Dame and then possibly being a contributor at, at FSU in the interior of their line. I agree with you, Zach. I think at the very least he's probably an upgrade over 
Bavion, Bavion Johnson and Brady Scott in terms of the, the depth that he adds to the interior of the offensive line. And, and he allows uh, Devontae Love-Taylor to, to remain at a tackle spot potentially or Robert Scott to remain a tackle. Or it just it gives you just one more one more piece there. Uh, before you start dipping further into your like your top eight rotation and he may he may end up being a starter may end up being a, a good one he certainly was good against Syracuse last year when he got a chance to start graded out pretty well uh, better than than most uh, FSU interior offensive linemen have graded out in the past so uh, I, I think it's a solid take for FSU Josh uh, this podcast we pride ourselves in being transparent uh you thought he was ending up at UF when we talked last week. That was the prediction. I know you said you don't want to go out and prognosticate anything with Nico Markiel. Uh, so maybe a little, a little uh, conservative with, with not making predictions now no. after. No, I just, you know, Nico's a QB commitment who may or may not listen to the podcast. And I just don't want to be putting words in his mouth. Yeah, sure. Sure. Okay. So what were your thoughts on the way the Gibbons commitment unfolded uh because i know last week you weren't entirely sure if he was going to florida state uh, ends up that's what's happening so um based on the intel you can gather since then i guess how did everything kind of unfold and, and end up working in fsu's favor to get a again again a guy who's considered a quality offensive line transfer oh i just i yeah i had a miscommunication last week i i took something to mean fsu was not involved when they were so all, right. all weekend i you know i just it was mother's day weekend i just missed it but okay i'm back I watched the tape, fixed it. We're moving on to the next scoop. You got to have a short memory in this game, Brendan. <laughs> um, I had a theory <laughs> that, oh uh, God, I had a theory that I wasn't sure. We're always talking scholarship and numbers, uh, much to the chagrin of some people who don't know. Like he's definitely about it. on scholarship. He? Okay. He'll, All right. he'll enroll on, I, I posted this on the Knowles 24 7 message board, I think on Friday or Saturday. Um, he, Dylan Gibbons will enroll at Florida State, I believe, on June 8th, whatever that, whenever the semester starts in early June. Mm-hmm. And he'll be on scholarship right away. One cool thing about his recruitment, um, they will be able to bring him in on an official visit before he enrolls. And that'll enable him to get his family up there for the weekend. Um, they'll, they'll be able to do all the academic tours. They'll be able to put him in a hotel. Like, it'll be a good um, weekend for him to transition. Uh, spoke to somebody close to the family this weekend, and Dylan Gibbons is still up in in South Bend. Um, he has exams this week. I believe he's coming home next week, and the family's going on a vacation for for five or six days down to the Keys, and then they're heading back up to Tallahassee. So um, he's excited. I know he's ready to compete, and he's in great shape. Um, talked to somebody that said, you know, he's feeling really strong. I think that's one of the, the most important things that we've seen with this program is guys just haven't been able to cut it in the weight room really. And that translate to play on the field. So hopefully Dylan Gibbons brings not only uh, improved play on the field, but also a, a, a mentality in the locker room that Florida state coaches are looking for. Yeah. Norville has been all about quote unquote culture with the transfers that he's taken in. And sometimes it's even passed on maybe guys who are maybe, a little more talented for for guys who he thinks will help elevate the overall culture and and just I guess camaraderie and, and professionalism uh, in the locker room. So yeah, that, and that, talking to, and and I agree with Zach. I think it's a good yet because um, talking to this the source over the weekend, his mentality is he just wants to come in and compete at any position where he can get in and help right away. So if that means guard, center, tackle, like whatever it is, Dylan Gibbons feels like he's he's uh he knows the game enough he has the physical ability and he just needs 
a place to, to prove that. And I think that's one of the main reasons he chose Florida State. Competent. Uh, that's how I view Dylan Gibbons and watching him, Josh. Is, uh, he's very competent uh, as a player in that competency. is something that FSU, frankly, hasn't had a whole lot of, of average power five caliber offense alignment in the last few years. So if you can just say we're, we're competent at this position here and we know what we're getting, it's going to be solid. That's, that's an improvement. That's a step in the right direction. Uh, let's move on to, oh, here we go. Uh, Zach and I took a little uh, excursion to Leesburg, Georgia, Lee County High School. Road trip. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we did a little, a little trip up to Lee County to see a couple of, of high-end recruits uh, that are high priorities for Florida State. First off, Zach, I'm going to throw this to you. Quayshon Sapp, four-star offensive lineman, a guy that I think both of you have crystal ball to FSU. Uh, we got a chance. You to don't? I, I'm reserving my I'm reserving my crystal ball on that one. I'm okay. I, I will put it this way. I had I enjoyed talking to Quayshon. He was a, a lot of fun, a lot of energy. Uh, but he's he's got he's someone who loves the recruiting process. So he's got FSU gear, he's got Ole Miss gear, he's got Alabama gear, it's South Carolina gear, no, and Georgia gear. So so he's someone who I think is hard to get a read on, and, and I'm struggling to to get a read. But I'll I'll let Zach talk about Quayshon Sapp and what we got and what we he gleaned specifically from the interview and just watching him at practice. Yeah, he gave us like a one hour tour of like the facility, so it was pretty cool. And he was showing oh, the us facilities all... were immaculate, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, they awesome. were really really awesome. Um, but he was showing us all his gear from like every single school that's recruiting him. So that was pretty interesting. But yeah, um, so takeaways just from from his recruitment. Um, you know, I like where FSU stands just because of how his official visit schedule is going to line up in June and when that um, how that all shapes up closing in on his July 3rd decision. Um, he's going to start the month at UF and then go back to UF on June 11th. And then I think he has Cincinnati as, as other official, and then FSU on the 25th of June. So Florida State's going to close the month with, with him on campus for that final weekend. And then he's going to go back to South Georgia, think about it for a week, and then decide on July 3rd. So you, you got to like, um, you know, the FSU gets the last crack at him. Um, we always see that, um, especially like closing in on signing day or a decision. Uh, usually the school that gets that final visit is always, you know, usually in a, a better position um, to land a kid. Uh, and in this situation, I think Alex Atkins has done a great job so far with SAP. And, um, you know, I'm liking where my crystal ball is, uh, even though he, he wasn't very... Um, telling and, and, you know, where he was heading when, when we, we went up there. But behind the scenes, I, I think FSU is, is in a good spot. I will add in terms of just watching Quayshon Sat practice, uh, a few things that I found interesting. Uh, one, he's working Summit Center for, for Lee County. So they haven't played in tier offensive line. He's probably going to play right guard or center, but they're moving him across the offensive line. Uh, he seems to be pretty open to that's where he likely plays at the next level is somewhere on the interior of the line a really quick feat for a big guy he's built reminded me a lot of Dante Lucas I actually turned to Zach at one point said you know who he reminds me of and Zach was like Dante Lucas <laughs> is exactly the, the same build uh very similar uh there was a clip that I had out there of a, a young guy and we'll talk about him in a minute or two is Omar White beating Quayshon Sapp one-on-one and and that caused a lot of people on Twitter to, to be upset um Quayshon Sapp wasn't quite as physical as I would have thought he was, but it's also like at the very end of spring. Um, so maybe he was trying just to not destroy his, his smaller teammates. But um, 
yeah, I would have liked to see him be a little bit more more of a mauler, but I did think he had really quick feet for a big guy. I think the build is something to to work on there. So there's a lot to to like. I, I do understand what, why we haven't ranked where where we do. Um, anything else to add on set before we move on, Zach? No, let's move on to Jaron Willis. All right. So sh- should I should I drop? I'm gonna whisper it here, and you guys let me know whether I should take this off. He was wearing a Florida State shirt after practice. And he said it was his dream school. Did he say that? Yeah. Again? I don't know. I wasn't there for the full interview with you. No, no. Because he, he put it on in the locker room and he was like, oh, uh, you asked like, oh, you got the FSU shirt on. He's like, yeah, it's still my dream school. Oh, I was not listening for the answer on that. Well, that's that's good scoop. All right. We're keeping on the pod, right? <laughs> <laughs> sure. All right. Sure. Uh, J- Josh, should we keep that on the podcast? Yeah, but it makes me question the fact that how did Florida State not land him? I mean, you have a kid who is going to be a phenomenal linebacker at the next level. He's, what, 90 minutes from campus, and he readily admits that Florida State's his dream school? Well, the belief is is that he he wants to play safety at the next level, uh, that Georgia Tech kind of convinced him that he is going to be a safety in their scheme, which is kind of a hybrid scheme. I will say this, uh, and I'll let because Zach actually talked to, to Jaron about this, so I, I will uh, defer to Zach here. I will just add that he is built absolutely like a linebacker. He moves well. Uh, so, FF- would, so theoretically speaking, if we're talking about convincing a young man to make a, the best decision, wouldn't it be easier for Florida State to convince him that he's a linebacker rather than Georgia Tech doing an extraordinary job of – convincing him not only that he's a, a DB, that he should go to Georgia Tech over FSU, his dream school. I, don't I, like I, just, I think right here, I don't – I get what you're saying. I think Florida State's more so dropping the ball than Georgia Tech is landing him. I think something's something's wrong here. Something doesn't make sense for, for Wills to pick Georgia Tech over FSU. I don't advocate lying to recruits. I would totally say, hey, we have this stud position. It's a hybrid spot. Uh, look how we used Amari Gaynor in it last year. This year we have Jamie Robinson, who went to Leesburg. His picture is – or to Lee County. He's from Leesburg. His his picture is up uh, on the wall all over the locker room, multiple places, won a state championship there, was a defensive player of the year for them in, I think, 2018. They say, hey, we're playing him there this year. Anyone can play in this role for us. It's different body types, different skill sets. You're asked to play in space. I would tell him you are a stud in our system when you come here. And if you just happen to grow an extra 15, 20 pounds, as your frame may indicate, then, you know, we could always move you into Will Linebacker. That's what I would do. All right, Zach. So what did what did you take away from your talk with, with Jerron Willis? Yeah, um, I asked about, because it, it, it seemed like his recruitment kind of came down to, you know, what position he preferred at the next level. And I asked him directly about that. And he said it did play, you know, a big factor. And he talked about on the fact that Georgia Tech likes him at kind of like a nickel hybrid um, linebacker spot, which, you know, you know, props to Georgia Tech for convincing him that. But from watching him in spring practice, it, it's clear that at the next level, he projects best at, a, at linebacker. Um, and that's not to say he doesn't move well. Like you said, he moves pretty well, but um, with his frame, he has, you know, the ability to put on some mass and it just, you know, I've seen like a lot of linebackers come through with that mold and it's just weird to think of him in like a a defensive back position. So, yeah. And then with his recruitment, I guess just 
Um, another good sign for Florida State is they're getting him in on that final weekend um, with Quayshawn Sapp for June 25th. He's also taking visits to um, Georgia Tech, Arkansas, and I think either Ole Miss or Florida before before finishing the month at FSU. So, you know, in, in that sense, it's a good sign, but this is all going to come down to whether Florida State can do, you know, what these coaches are paid to do and, and you know, land this kid who, who calls Florida State his dream school. They need to convince him that he projects at, you know, a linebacker position in their defense, um, whether it's a stud or a will linebacker, you know, that's their job. And, and, you and, know, with- and, and he's still taking official visits. He's going to take all his visits. And that's one of the reasons why I didn't change my crystal ball pick on him. I, I think that this recruitment, while not saying he's definitely going to flip, but I think it's far from over. Yeah. Agreed. It seems like there's still opening for FSU and maybe for other schools too. Um, I just want to say I thoroughly enjoyed that. It's been a while since uh, because of different reasons, because of pandemic and just, I don't always dip my toes into the recruiting waters like the other guys do. Uh, Cause I'm doing more team stuff. It was really nice to get out there to, to a practice and, and watch guys, uh, you know, operating at the high school level. It was, it was fun. And then Jerron and Quayshon were both really, really, uh, hospitable and, and fun and open and talking to us. So I really, I thoroughly, I enjoyed the hell out of it. It was a good time. Uh, Zach wrote, and thank you, Zach, for letting me tag along there uh, real quick. You talked to a few other guys, Tyrus Washington, one of them, three-star tight end. Uh, then we also were pretty high on a, a few others. We do want to give a quick rundown of what else we saw uh, while out at Lee County that, that FSU fans may take interest in. Yeah. Tyrus Washington is, um, is a guy, a tight end that, um, you know, has a lot of recruiting attention. He's got four official visits set up for the month of June to like, I don't know, one of the schools is like Kansas State and there's a couple others. Um, Florida State's interested in him. I think they want to get him in and I can't, but from what I um, read from him, it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. I think he's kind of comfortable with, you know, where he's at um, with his offers and his recruitment. And if Florida State wants to come in on him, I think he'll he'll entertain it. I don't think he's going to go out of his way to try and earn an offer as of right now. Um, and, you know, the other, the other guy I'll talk about is Omar White. He's a 2024 defensive tackle, but man, he looked really impressive. Um, he's been racking up some really good offers recently. Like uh, I think UF came in the other day and I think Georgia's already offered. So um, he's a really good young prospect that was, you know, going toe to toe with, with, FSU offensive line target Quayshon Sapp. Um, so it, it looks like um, FSU is trying to get him on campus this summer, you know, to gauge where he's at. Um, you know, he's a big kid for, for being that young. So I think they want to see how he moves um, to, 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 to offer him. So we'll, we'll see with that. And then I'll kick it to you for the other two guys, because I know you want to talk about um, Malcolm Jones specifically, the, the star defensive back. You're damn right I do. You're damn right I do. Uh, one thing I'll add on Omar White, yeah, that the UF offer came in recently. I think that's going to be his first visit once things open up in June is to UF. He, he was really excited about that one. And he has been in talks with FSU. Uh, and I think he was here for the spring game, if I'm not mistaken. He, he has was, been. Yeah. He was, okay. So he's been to FSU. I think he seemed a little befuddled, like why FSU hasn't offered yet when a lot of other big offers have come in. But I think FSU just wants to kind of see him in person first. So hopefully for Florida State's sake, they can, they can get him on campus and uh, get him interested because he is a specimen. Uh, you guys had had saw him down at IMG, I think, uh, about a month or so 
uh, ago and it had kind of said like, hey, keep an eye out for this kid. And, and he did not disappoint at all. He was really, really quick feet for someone who's, you know, a, a rising sophomore and 300 pounds already. A uh, hand usage was was advanced. Like the, the swim move that he put on Quayshon Sapp uh, was really impressive. So yeah, he's he's someone who, if he keeps progressing the way he is, that, that's going to be a, a high-end blue chip recruit for sure. Uh, Javel Ferguson, 2023 wide receiver was really impressive. It's funny. You saw him make one play where they got on the ball on like a little crossing pattern. And he just, he housed it and he just blew by everyone. And Zach and I kind of look at each other like, who's that? And then uh, we asked about him and uh, got it. Zach got his name and then we look it up. And so, yeah, he's, he's actually got a couple of, of offers already. I think from Georgia tech and Nebraska already. And he ends up making a few more plays downfield when the uh, adjust to pretty, pretty iffy uh, ball placement downfield didn't really matter. He was, he was making plays. So he's someone who uh, I think we should keep an eye on as, as a potential uh, high end three-star, low end four-star kind of guy that's local uh, that maybe FSU should, should kick the tires on. And then finally, Malcolm Jones, as Zach mentioned, is, was my man crush of the the camp because uh, he, he looked really, really good. Uh, He's a safety 2022. uh, He plays the free safety role. Whereas uh, Jerron Wills is more of the strong safety down in the box and kind of playing the hybrid spot so uh, Malcolm Jones takes up a lot of space uh, very instinctive I thought he moved really well uh, got a little dinged up because he actually read a play where he went and, and dropped back into coverage and it was thrown down the seam and he actually collided into a, a teammate and teammates were kind of getting in his way all, all practice because he was just moving faster than everyone else I think Virginia Tech has offered recently other than that it's mostly group of five schools so he, he's someone who I think his recruitment is still a little under the radar but but power five schools are starting to kind of catch on to him so someone I I would really love to see camp at at Florida State. All right. That's all we have from our visit to Leesburg. Uh, Let's take a quick commercial break, fellas. And then when we come back, we have to do a rapid version, 15 minutes or less, of Byers-Sonone. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to On the Bench. Let's get going. A little buyer Sinone. You fellas ready? I'm sitting in it. Turn off the music. I'm buying that all day. I'm also known that for sure. Bye, baby, bye. I am Sinoning it, but not. No. I'm gonna Sinone it. I'm definitely Sinoning that. Big Sinone. I'd buy that. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I Sinone both of you. You can't out us. We're doing a little buyer Sinone. Find Sinone. This Got segment it. is gonna die because you are allowing the fans to do it. A new game I just created like 10 minutes ago, and it's probably gonna be awful, but we'll see. We're gonna try it out, right? Buyer Sinone, Josh. 
I'm confused. For now, it's a known. It's such a confusing game, and I I like it. Why do you let the fans do this? They're this terrible. You need to write the buyer Sinone questions. Do not let them write these. Buy or Sinone. Are, are you a fan of animal statues being realistic? Uh, Anatomically in the, correct. In the nether regions. I'm not a fan of it, no. So you're Sinoning it. <laughs> yeah. Play the game right. I buy. This, this whole segment's deteriorating. Um, I'll buy. Mm, you know what? I'll buy two. I don't know. No, I'm Sinoning it. No, I'm buying it. Whew, confusing game. Buying it. Starting off, let's go here. Buy or Sinone. Chris Snee not being able to make this podcast be covered because he's covering golf regionals. I'll buy it. What? Yeah, he needs a day on, on, the, on the course. On the links. I'm Sinoning it. I'm Sinoning it. <laughs> it's a hard Sinone. We need Chris back in the recruiting world. Yeah, he's got he's got to start getting his his feet wet a little. He's bit. really wandering off at this point. <laughs> just golf for losing him. Golf. You know, I I can wrap my mind around basketball, uh, baseball. I get it. Uh, golf, and it's day. There's three days of this too. This is day one apparently. All right. Anyways, sorry, Caressa is going to tell on us. Fire mm. Sinone. Sinone's driving skills to save us from being killed near Robert B. Lee. Drive. There's a Robert Beely drive in Leesburg. I'm buying it. Go ahead and paint a Dodging picture that, for them. Dodging that deer. You, you Sonone, I'll never ride in the car with Sonone. At least if I am riding in the car with Sonone, I'll be driving. So, no, go, do, tell, tell them what I did to save our lives, Zach. Yeah. So a deer was coming off the right side of the road, and um, Brendan started freaking out. So, because he's heard a lot about, um, I guess, deers are the most killing animal uh, in, in, on on the planet. So, yeah, <laughs> in America, uh, in America, I don't know. In America, that. okay. <laughs> so they, so he like slows down the car um, to dodge this deer, and then the deer passes into the the you know like the middle of the highway, and it's about to go to the other side, and then it it hits like a one eighty, and it starts coming towards us, and um, Sinone, you know, speeds away pretty fast. So it was a pretty good, um, split second decision. Uh, good maneuvers. Car, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was like gone in 60 seconds. Uh, by or Sinone, FSU adding pretty prestigious power five schools, Oregon, Penn state and Nebraska to its mega camp. Uh, I buy it. Yeah, I'm buying it. And I think like the people that are like worried about them, um, those schools coming in it, like don't really understand the premise of, of the mega camp. Um, it's not like Oregon and Penn state and Nebraska are getting like a, you know, a one up on these kids. Like the mega camp is not, is not made for Florida state to work out their top targets on their board. Yes. There might be some guys that emerge um, from throughout the, you know, multiple sessions of the camp, but like Oregon's not going to, you know, go and recruit some kid on FSU's campus and get, get a, leg up like they might meet with some high school coaches while there and, and you know further some relationships uh in the state of florida but farther than that you know there's not much to talk about there yeah for sure there's those schools are going to be sending maybe a handful of of coaches or staffers ga type of guys to come evaluate fsu is going to have everyone there and this is as much as it's about evaluating it's also going to be about relationship building and um, all these schools are going to be bringing up, you know, their coaches are going to be there and stuff. So, so that's what this is about. And Florida State's going to have the the numbers advantage. 
uh, for sure. You, and you want as many kids and as many coaches on campus as possible to, to do that. So I'm, I'm buying it as well. Uh, okay, rapid, rapid style here. Josh did a trend list for Florida State, posted it today, quite controversial, trending up, trending down, per usual. Uh, I'm going to read what Josh had, Zach, all right? So I'm going to say who he had is down, who he had is up. Uh, and you buy or Sinone his decision to give him the down or the up, all right? Okay. All right. Four-star defensive end Marvin Jones Jr. down by or Sinone. I'm Sinoning it, and that's probably going to be my only, you know, Sinone for this, if we're being honest. Okay. Um, just because I, I think, you know, nothing's really happened um, in this recruitment. Obviously, he, he interviewed with um, – uh, the 247 site this weekend and said some promising things I think about Alabama but um, if he makes it to FSU this summer I, I wouldn't you know put them any, anywhere down in this recruitment I, th I think they're they're still you know at near the top so um, yeah I, I'm just knowing that one I think is the only one okay if that in that case I'm gonna go through all of them and if any do stand out to you as Extra Sinones, let me know. But also down, four-star defensive end, Nigel e. Kelly. Four-star running back, Katron Allen. Four-star offensive tackle, Julian Armella. Four-star cornerback, Earl Little Jr. So any more Sinones there? Are you buying and agreeing with all of those downs? I'm buying with all those. Um, the only thing I would just comment is with Nigel e. Kelly, I don't think it's like for a lack of interest in FSU is the reason why they're going down. It's the fact that both Clemson and Georgia just yeah. offered – so, you know, you know, Josh mentioned that, and I think that that's the main reason with him that Florida State's probably trending down um, in that recruitment. Yeah, there's more more suitors now and, and high end ones that you now have to start battling. Uh, up, five star wide receiver Kevin Coleman. Ooh, four star wide receiver Jaleel Skinner. Three star offensive tackle Daughtry Richardson. Three star linebacker Omar Graham, and four star offensive lineman Quayshon Sapp. You buying all of those trending up? Yeah, I, I like I like those picks. And, you know, Kevin Coleman's probably the controversial one, but um, I talked to Kevin um, this, this past week, and it looks like he's um, going to take a, a June visit to FSU probably pretty early. So I'm going to keep up with him, try to get a date for that visit and, and see what's up. But with all those guys, it looks like FSU's trending up. Okay, Josh, Zach got to, to evaluate your uh, your prognostications there. Now you get to Byersonone, Zach's Raymond Cottrell, Cristobal to Florida. To Florida, <clears throat> you flip your, you change your Cristobal. Yeah, go got ahead. The, got the dream offer from from UF and um, and you know, I guess when I put in FSU Cristobal, I didn't really know uh, Cottrell that much, and you know how he operated throughout the recruiting process. Just to put it into perspective, he changed. Um, he said FSU was leading after watching a spring scrimmage or two. And then he went to go watch Georgia's scrimmage or spring game and he called them as leader. And now UF came in and offered um, and he called them his dream school and said they lead. So it's obviously, you know, going to be a wild one with him. I just think that if UF continues to, to pursue him, he probably ends up there. Um, and just, just because of, you know, his liking for the school. And obviously, like I said, it's going to be a crazy one with him. Considering okay. Well, I still have my crystal ball on, on control to FSU. Um, 
I don't know if I'm going to change it to UF just yet. I'm going to see what happens this summer. I'm going to see if UF is active with him, pursues him. Byers known the youth camps being worth the both the financial and the time investment this year. Um, so FSU is uh, kind of rounding out and finishing up its youth camps. They did South Florida that Zach was at. They did a little trip to Jacksonville and then uh, Central Florida, and then they're making their way towards Josh. I think Lakeland and, and Tampa area coming up later this week. Uh, so Zach, you were there. Josh, you will be there. I know you've talked to people who've, who've been in attendance to these to get a feel for it. Uh, we only known. have five minutes left. Listen, the, first Fire of all, hold on, stop. Let's stop calling it a youth camp. It's not a youth camp. Look, Florida State in in outside of the dead period this year would be on the recruiting trail in May, going around the state and around the Southeast meeting coaches. They were unable to do it last year. They were unable to do it this year. So Florida State throws out this thing and says, hey, let's go to every city and do these youth camps. Coaches, bring your young kids to our camp and we'll coach them. They're using this because the month of May is usually used to build relationships with high school coaches. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're not going to do this next year because it won't be a dead period. And the coaches will be doing what they're supposed to do, which is go meet high school coaches. So let's just stop acting like this is a youth camp. Of course, it's worth it because FSU doesn't have a choice. They, they weren't able to build these relationships last year. Mike Norvell did something really creative and, and, and decided to do these youth camps to go meet the high school coaches in, in the state of Florida. And, and it's worth it. You know, I don't think this is going to be anything that we see do, done again. So uh, are you buying or sononing? I buy it. Okay. Duck, duck, goose. Yeah, I agree with that. I think um, it's mainly that purpose, just getting in these communities, building relationships with the people, these coaches, they're the most important people um, in, in a lot of these recruitments that they're involved in. So, you know, as much as they're putting in time and effort with the youth, this whole setup is is largely in part to, you know, strengthen these relationships, especially in major, uh, you know, recruiting footprints that that they need to get get more involved in, like South Florida, and just the state of Florida in general. I'm buying it as well. I think it's a great idea for this year. I don't know if we see it to the same extent next year because, like Josh said, it'll be a little different next year with what you can do on the recruiting trail. But but given the allocation and what you could do this year, I'm I'm here for it. Uh, Byer Sinone. Andrew Parchment acknowledging UCF's national title during his introductory <laughs> press conference. Buying it all day, right? Buy, buy, all around, sweep. Whatever you want. Woo! Uh, Byer Sinone, Andrew Parchment uh, having 60 catches, 750 plus receiving yards. Would that be a successful season? Would you say that would be worth the investment of a scholarship for him? 60 catches, 750 yards. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, right? Buy. That's a buy. Make a buy. All right. I think so too. I think that's a sweet spot for That'd be great. receiver one. We'll take it. Uh, Byers to know Mackenzie Milton saying that FSU staff is quote unquote, the best overall staff I've been around. Mm-hmm. You better say that. No, I'm kidding. <clears throat> I agree with them. <laughs> people were, people were being critical saying, no, he's just trying to butter up to this coaching staff. He didn't have to say that. Like he, I mean, he was at a booster event. Was that supposed to mean? Sometimes you cater to your, your crowd. You could, just say, you could have just said, this is a great staff. I've learned a ton under them. Uh, it's one of the best in America. You know what? I hope he's right, and I hope FSU goes out and wins 10 games this year. I mean, yeah. he was on. How a, do you measure greatness, Brendan? He was on a national right? championship. He was on a national championship winning staff at UCF, so if this one's better, they should just, you know, this will be like 2013 all over again. All right, I'm booking my trip to Pasadena or wherever it's at this Last time. one, last one. Uh, we love counting numbers here. Byers Sinone. 
one more transfer remaining, one more transfer remaining for Florida State in this cycle. I'm buying it. Yeah. Bye. Right. Josh, you said a week ago that they were going to run out of – that they. Oh, I was just saying the way things were going, it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't. But now the way things are going, it wouldn't surprise me if they did. Zach, are you buying or Sononing Josh in general right now? I'm buying him. No, Sonon. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Uh, One minute to spare, Sonon. Josh Newberg. I'm Brendan Sonon. Chris Knee's on the link somewhere. God bless you, Chris Knee. This has been On the Bench. We'll talk to you guys next time. Chris Knee's drinking an Arnold Palmer somewhere. Arnold Palmies. original and heartfelt movie in years magic like this comes around once in a lifetime this friday experience it with your whole family can we do it again if ready pg